The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, our show today is really about a path to love, forgiveness, transformation, really understanding the nature of life. And I just finished reading this book called Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation by Judy Miller. And there's even a foreword by Marcy Shimoff, who wrote Happy for No Reason and Love for No Reason. And this book is really about Judy's transformation in her own life. And I'll tell you a little bit about her in a second. But it also gives us exercises and it helps us to see how we can transform our own lives. And before the show, I was telling her about how I could really relate to what she went through in her own life and her transformation. And when we look at things like our ancestry, and we don't even know basically what has happened to our parents or our grandparents, we don't realize that that really has an effect on us, whether it's in our DNA or our energy or what. So Judy's going to talk about that. And there's a, a wonderful uh, testimonial by John uh, Newton who wrote Ancestral Clearing and founder of Health Beyond Belief. And he says, this book inspires anyone who is ready for true transformation and is willing to move from shadow into light. Just, uh, and I thought that was really great, you know, that, that this is really from the shadows into the light. So let me tell you a little bit about Judy. Uh, Judy was a highly successful certified public accountant and a corporate finance executive. So she was married and had family, but people around her didn't know that she actually lived in terror at night and had a lot of fears and worried about sexual assault, even though that never happened to her. So she was happily married, but her fears made life a modern day nightmare And she's going to tell us a little bit about that and how she transformed her life and what it did for her and, you know, her life all around her. So in this new book, Perfect, A Path to Life, Forgiveness and Transformation, she relates this extraordinary path that she took to discover the roots of all those fears, which was pretty amazing. And that journey brought her to where she is today. And so you're going to hear her talk about that spiritual journey, how it opened her heart, and how we can all do this because we all come with baggage from this lifetime, from 
our ancestors and maybe even from previous lifetimes. So I want to uh, thank you, Judy. And you can go to my website at conflicthealing.com where you'll see her picture, a bio, and a JPEG of her book. And also we link to her website, Judy, J-U-D-I, Miller.net. So thank you so much for joining us all the way from Florida this morning. Thank you. It's so great to be here, Mari. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Yeah, great book. And I so appreciated all that you learned and all that you shared and all your great exercises. We're going to do an exercise in a little bit. But let's talk a little bit about the background and, you know, going from, you know, finance, which is kind of left and right brain, but very much into executive thinking to this whole spiritual journey. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Um, That's a great question. So, Mari, have you ever felt different? Sure. (laughs) Have you you ever felt incomplete, always searching maybe for someone or something to make you feel whole? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe have you felt unworthy, always having to prove yourself over and over again? Yep. That's a lot of us type A personalities are like that. <laughs> and, and the reason I ask you and your listeners these questions is because these feelings have literally plagued me for most of my life. As you mentioned, I started my career as a CPA and then went to work in finance in the healthcare industry for over 25 years. But I always felt that I had to hide myself. I always felt like I was nothing. But on the journey that I'll describe to you, I found that in the nothingness, I could actually be anything that I wanted. And what I mean by that is when we all drop the stories, the labels, and the judgments, we could truly emerge as our true and authentic self. Mm. So, that's actually, so that's actually why I wrote the book, to really share with people that they could also drop the stories that no longer serve them. So let's talk a little bit about your story, because I think your story is pretty fascinating. Can you tell a little bit about that story of, of what your search for, of why you had these fears? Sure. I'd love to. So, you know, like many children, I had fears as a child. I was actually afraid of drowning. But as you mentioned in the introduction, I was terrified of the night and I was terrified of being assaulted. So as you can imagine, as a child, this was extremely confusing because I had never been harmed. So night after night, I would literally crawl into bed, pull the covers over my head, and I would recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again until exhausted, I would finally fall asleep. And this was my ritual night after night. And it continued well into my 20s. So as we talked about, I started my career as a CPA, a very traditional career. So here I was, going to work during the day, but then at night, terrified of what I couldn't explain. Mm. And then I met my husband. He's also a CPA. We got married, and I had two kids. And in the exhaustion of raising two incredible children, commuting three hours a day to work, and working 40 to 50 hours a week, in that exhaustion, the terror stopped. Mm -hmm. But then my kids grew up. And then they went off to college, and the house became silent. And many empty nesters may know what that silence feels mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. But in the silence, everything returned. The terror, the different energies, everything returned. It always felt like someone or something was standing beside me. It always felt like someone was staring at me from across the room. And at night, I would literally wake up terrified, clutching at my husband in fear. And we soon both began to lose sleep. Around the same time, I actually started to bleed uncontrollably month after month, and I went to see my doctor, and she said that I needed a hysterectomy. And 
Mari, I'm not even sure why. I was so terrified of the surgery. I had worked in the healthcare industry for over 25 years. I trust modern medicine. But it felt like the same terror that I had as a child mm-hmm. and the same terror that returned to me as an adult. So a good friend of mine actually recommended that I read a book called Light Emerging by Barbara Brennan. And Barbara was a former NASA physicist. And she studied the human energy field. And what she learned, she was actually able to heal people. So here I was, literally days before my surgery, Googling healers near me. And as I sat across from my healer for that very first time, I didn't know the role that she would actually play in my entire family's history. So my healer helped me heal after the surgery. And in the subsequent months, we continued to work together to identify where this fear of the dark, the terror of the dark, actually came from. Mm -hmm. We talked about my childhood experiences, but nothing came to light. And then we started to talk about my parents. We know that we inherit so many things from our parents. The color of our hair, the color of our eyes, the color of our skin, everything. But the science of epigenetics actually tells us we can inherit the pain and the trauma that our parents, as well as our ancestors, went through. It's actually shown with Holocaust survivors that their children and their grandchildren have the same pain and terror that could live in their own bodies. Mm. And they've they've actually shown recently with mice that they would introduce the smell of cherry blossoms to the mice, and then they would zap them on the feet. So, Mari, as you can imagine, after a while, just the scent of cherry blossom would trigger that same fear in the mice. Right. What was more, exactly. What was more amazing was the smell of cherry blossoms would trigger the same fear in their children and their grandchildren, even though they had never been zapped wow. and was never exposed to the father that was zapped. Wow. Um, so what we uncovered on this journey was that fear of the dark, that terror of being assaulted, wasn't actually my own. It was actually a cellular memory from my mother. Mm. They, say, they say female babies are actually born with two to three million of their reproductive eggs at birth. So, much, so for much of your mother's life, her young adult life, you were actually in there as an unborn egg. So you experienced much of her triumphs as well as her traumas. Wow. So that memory was the terror that I had each night. And, you know, since you read the book, you know the story doesn't end there, and I won't right. give away the ending. But, <laughs> but there's a shocking connection to the very healer I trusted to heal me. But what I learned from the experience in that moment of revelation, what I learned, I could have felt fear. I could have felt anger. I could have felt betrayal from that healer. But I didn't. What I felt was the love and the perfection of the universe. I saw how all of our souls are actually interconnected how we're unconditionally loved and accepted and how we could heal in any moment and in any lifetime. And, you know, when things are bad, like what we've all been experiencing with the pandemic and other things in this world that have been going on, you know, a lot of the hate uh, that's been going on, and we can look at all that and think, oh, my God, everything is in chaos, right? But... But there's a perfection. There is like a divine order in all of this. And it's sometimes hard to see that. Um, in fact, right now, it may be very, very hard to see that. But if you know at a deep level that everything is perfect as it's meant to be, like the name of your book, that everything is perfect, everything is in divine order, everything is changing. I always think about the the caterpillar before he becomes or she becomes a butterfly, go the body just totally disintegrates. It totally goes into chaos. 
and then it comes out and it's a butterfly. So that's how I like to think of life <laughs> and and that, you know, we go through these turmoils and we go through these things. But, you know, how I how I see your book is that everything is really perfect. Everything is as it's meant to be. But um, awareness, just awareness helps. And you and I were talking about that before we started that once you are aware of the traumas that your parents went through or your grandparents went through, just that is is a start to heal, right? Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. Everything that you said. And, and one of the things also is that our bodies are so infinitely intelligent. You know, a lot of times we create stories in our head or we don't know where some of these traumas come from, but our body tells us. So when I feel a contraction in my body, so for example, I told you much of my life I felt different. It felt like an elephant that sat on my chest mm. and I could barely breathe. So it was my body's way of saying that there's something in me that I need to release, that I need to heal. So whenever I feel a contraction in my body now, I say thank you. It's a blessing. It's my body's way of saying that there's something that I need to heal and let go of. And Mari, I believe everything that you just said, there's so much going on in the planet right now, and the planet is very contracted with all of the natural disasters, with the riots, with COVID-19. But in that contraction, the planet is saying that it's an opportunity for us to heal our relationships with each other, and it's an opportunity to heal the planet as well. Right. And that's that's the part that we have to help people to understand, look for what is coming out of this Look for the good, look for the enlightenment, look for the transition or the transformation. And I think that's what's so beautiful is how we can all, each of us can transform. And each of us has, you talk about each of us has our own unique story. And um, it was interesting when I was reading your book, I was thinking about um, many years ago, I was, um, a, a woman stole my identity. And so I was a victim of identity theft, but I am not a victim personality. So when this happened to me, I said, why me? And I ended up testifying in Congress, writing books and helping other victims and getting laws passed at the state and federal level because I didn't say I'm going to be a victim. But then I had another woman that was, you know, uh, I had gotten her on television like I was on and but she kept telling the same story, the same story, and she stayed in that victimhood. And I think you've got to, you've got to get to the point where once you've told the story, you need to look for what does the story mean to you and what does it mean for your future. And that's what you did, right? Absolutely. So you're absolutely correct. So what's the gift in the situation? You know, so many people say that out of the adversity, they actually grew stronger. Right. There was actually a gift hidden in there. But sometimes when you're going through it in the very moment, it's hard to see. So you have to kind of take that thousand foot view and see how all of the pieces of your life fit together. Right, right. When you're in the midst of a fire, you, you don't stop and think, oh, what does this mean? You know, you, you get the hell out of there and you just do whatever you can to save yourself. But once you've gotten to the other side, then you can say, okay, how, how do I rebuild my life? You know, I feel so bad for all the people out in California. We've had such terrible fires out here. 
and especially in Northern California. And of course, I'm in Southern California, but we've had these fires where people have lost everything, you know, and they've lost their animals. It's just so pathetic. But, you know, so when they're in the middle of that, you can't say, oh, you know, things are going to be better because they're going to want to slap you in the face. But once they get to the point where they have grieved and then they go, okay, how do I, how do I start again? What do I do? What do I want to do with my life? And what, what might be the blessing for all of this that it's time for me to think new or see things new or move to another place or whatever. So I know it's very, very hard if you're going through COVID right now and you're sick or if you're lost a loved one, it's really hard to see that things are in divine order, right? So, Samari, so I think your point is absolutely correct. Um, you know, you in the introduction, you mentioned that the subtitle to my book is called A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. And there's so many different definitions of forgiveness, but for me, it's really, really simple. It means to forego or to let go of. So these painful and unwanted things are going to happen to all of us. We could either experience that event once, or we could literally play it over and over and over again, maybe hundreds, even thousands of times until it becomes stuck. It becomes our identity. So for me, forgiveness is just letting go of those contracted negative stories that no longer serve us. So we could truly move forward and experience true and ultimate freedom and happiness. So I think it's so important for listeners to know that it's not about condoning the actions of another person or what went wrong. It's just getting us out of that cycle of victimhood. So I do believe forgiveness is really a gift that we give ourselves. It's an act of self-love. It is. And people sometimes say that, oh, you know, I deal with people who are in, you know, angry. They're in conflict. And so... I always talk to them about how important it is for them to forgive because you're really giving it up. You're giving up the resentment. You're giving up the hate. You're giving up the anger so that you can move on with your life. And I think that is so important. And I know even at the end of your book, you have that ho'oponopono forgiveness, um, you know, what what you're supposed to say. And uh, that is so beautiful as well. So in your book, you you break it up really into three parts, the story, the reflection, and the exercises. So um, what were you thinking when you put it together like that? What did you want your readers to get out of that? Sure. So I had actually heard that most readers actually don't read past the first 19 pages of a book. So the way The Perfect is actually written, it's actually written very much like a novel. So 80 to 90% of it is written like a story. So you actually take the journey with me, and you want to know how it ends. And as we mentioned before in the beginning, there's a shocking ending. Right. Um, so it keeps, it keeps readers wanting to read. But there's also a handful of pages which I call reflections. What are some of the key lessons that people could actually apply in their own lives? And then there are some very simple exercises, and I purposely made them simple because I know how busy and crazy people's lives are. But the exercises allow you to take the lessons so you can embody them and implement them in your own life and in your own situation. Yeah, I love the exercises. And we talked before about maybe we could do an exercise together now uh, so that my audience can kind of get a little bit of an appetizer for what they did in the book. Sure. So I actually discovered this quite by accident. So as you know from reading the story, I would go to my healers every week and I would lay on her healing table and she would work on with me for like 15 to 45 minutes. But as I laid there, I would close my eyes because I had nothing else to do. And I would actually bring in an image of a person. And 
Mari, I invite you to do this, and if it's safe for your listeners to do, to do it with us as well. Okay, I will do it. Close close your eyes. Okay. I want you to bring in an image of a person that you love. It could be your partner. It could be a friend. Okay. It could be somebody that you hold very dear in your heart. And think back to a memory, a very loving memory. And not just picture it, but feel it. Mm. What were you hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, smelling? And Mm. feel all of those sensations in every cell of your body. Mm. And then I want you to bring in another image. It could be your children. It could be your pet. My my dog thinks he's a cat, so when he pounces like a cat, it makes (laughs) me smile. But so as I laid there, you know, and as you picture this image in your mind, feel those sensations in your body. Mm. And then bring in another image. It could be a beautiful sunset. It could be the first time you ever saw snow. Mm. It could be the first time you held a baby in your hands, or maybe the first kiss that you ever had. Mm. And really, truly, not just see it in your mind's eye, but feel it and experience it. And then my mentor, Dr. Sue Mortar, says, put your hand on your heart. Okay. And multiply it even ten more times and say, this love is for me. This mm. love is me. Mm. This love and is Mara, me. We did, that, we did that in a minute. But if people just take some time every day to do this, they will actually increase their vibration. They will open up their heart chakra. Mm. And more miracles will come into their lives. But what's so important about this is it's not dependent on anyone or anything. We could create the sensation of love in any moment because we are love. And especially when we see things on the news, which I don't like to watch the news, but especially if you see or hear something and you don't want to be stuck in that terrible feeling that is not healthy for you, you you could do what you just said, this beautiful time to just reflect on some wonderful memory and feel it in your body. That just changes. You start creating oxytocin and dopamine and all these wonderful love chemicals <laughs> that yeah. um, that can change you, right? Absolutely. And you know why it's important also? Because as humans, we have 60,000 thoughts a day. 95% of them are the same ones we had yesterday and the day before. And most of them are negative. As humans, we were hardwired to focus on the negative aspects of life because millions of years ago, it was critical for our survival when we had to hunt and gather. But we don't live in that reality anymore. So, you know, we were talking before about, you know, first you need to observe. Notice the thoughts that you're having. Observe them and replace them with more empowering thoughts based on love, based on gratitude. And you could actually train and rewire your mind to focus on the positive rather than those negative situations. Right, right. So, in your opinion, what is our greatest so-called superpower? That's a great question. So, between stimulus and response, there's a gap. You don't have to be on autopilot. So, when an event happens between stimulus and response, there's that gap. And in that gap, we have the opportunity to choose. We have the opportunity in terms of how we react. Do we come from the place of fear? Do we come from the place of love? Do we develop an empowering story or no story at all? Or a disempowering story? So I believe our superpower is our ability to choose in any moment how we will respond and how we will react. And that is so important because I see people who are very reactive. You know, they're in anger, so they're they're kind of in their limbic system of their brain, and it's it's tough. And 
so they they feel like they are a slave to their emotions, their anger or their fear, and they really aren't. So there's that when you talk about between the stimulus and the response, I call it the pregnant pause. <laughs> if you could just if you could just take it when you. The problem is, is that often we feel it first in our body, right? Like you get this rush of adrenaline or rush of cortisol or something that gets you angry. Somebody cuts you off and then you're ready to go and do road rage or something. It's it's not easy for people to know or to recognize that they have that power in that in that pause if they could just pause then they don't have to explode right absolutely and you know one of the other things that i talk about in my book is um dr jill bulkett taylor wrote uh my stroke of insight she was a harvard neuroscientist who was able to heal herself from traumatic brain injury and what i got from her book is the 90 second rule so when an event happens like during road rage when an event happens it actually only takes us 90 seconds to process that event through our physiology and then let it go. After those 90 seconds, we actually start to create a story, and many of those stories are negative. So we need to train ourselves to actually truly feel those emotions that you were talking about, truly feel them in our bodies and then let them go, because so many of us actually don't feel them. We actually think about them instead. Right. By thinking about them, we can't let them go. Well, they think they're that they don't feel them. They feel them, but they don't. Re- they don't pay attention to them. That's the problem, right? So, yeah. if 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 you can just breathe, what I what I do for myself, if something happens, somebody cuts me off, I just I breathe. I just breathe into that feeling, and then I'm okay. I let it go right away. And I think that's the breath is so important i know you know you know that from all the breath work and all this healing work you do but if you can just breathe into that feeling whether it's tightened shoulders or your face gets hot or your solar plexus feels like a knife in it if you could just breathe into it then you can get centered again but um it's it's not easy for a lot of people to know the difference so I had another question. The science of epigenetics is really important in your story. You want to just share why the science of epigenetics is so important? Sure. So the science of epigenetics is how we inherit certain traumas, pains from our parents and our ancestors. And, you know, before the show, we talked about how you learned about some of these things in your family line as well. Right. But some of, the, some of the fears and some of the traumas that we experience and some of the habitual patterns that we keep seeing repeating over and over again, it actually may not be from our lifetime. It actually may be inherited from our parents or even our ancestors that went before them. Right. So ma- many Native American cultures believe that when we heal, we're actually healing for seven generations forward and seven, seven generations back. Oh, I love that. I love that. I know when I... Um was talking with my mom, uh, you know, about the things that she revealed to me before she died. It was a healing for her and me at the same time. So that is so beautiful. I think that's really true. But we are just about out of time. I want you to give the name of your book again and your website, and it's time to go. Sure. So the name of my book is Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. My website is Judy with an I, J-U-D-I, Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R dot net. 
And I have lots of freebies on my website, so please check it out. Thank you so much. We'll stay in touch, and I can't wait to see your next book. All right? You take care. It's a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. On the web, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. you got to fight both night and day. Doesn't matter what some people may say. Don't be the lamb's cry, be the lion's roar. Because love is worth fighting for, I know, yeah. Love is worth fighting.